Hello, it's Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. Bester Cram is a documentary filmmaker, and I actually met him at one of my classes with Professor Marty Blatt, and uh, he's been making documentary films for quite a long time. He came into the classroom to talk about his documentary, JFK, The Last Speech, which is about uh, John F. Kennedy, who went to Amherst College back in the 60s to give one of the last speeches he he gave before he was tragically uh, assassinated a few weeks later. Uh, so it's a fascinating documentary. So here we go. This is our conversation with Bester Cram, recorded at Better Sorts Social Club in Boston, Massachusetts. So we met in my class with uh, Professor Blatt. He doesn't like being called Professor Blatt. We'll call him Professor Blatt for that. Is your dad here? Keep going. Yeah. We have a surprise visit. Oh, sorry. Never mind. You didn't hear that. It's, you're gonna have. It's a surprise. You were talking about the last speech. JFK, uh, the last speech. Yes. Well, we have Ron's father. You want to introduce your father here? My dad just walked in. Look at sorry. that. What a God, surprise. Bester, Roger, Roger yeah. Bester. How are you? Yes. So, you know, uh, sorry to break up the conversation, but I think that you guys, it sounds like you're talking about the craft that you have known for many years as being a documentarian. And when I heard that you had met at North the history Eastern. class, um, he said, have you ever heard of this movie, The Last Speech? And my eyes popped out of my head. And I said, I not only know that movie, I've, I'm embarrassed. I didn't see it at the time, but I saw the trailer. But my dad talks about it all the time because he was at Amherst College in 1963. I think it was 12 days before Kennedy was shot. And I really wanted to bring you guys together. And, and uh, you know, he's been a huge fan of this movie and the work as well as all his classmates. So anyway, I'll stop there. But I was so glad for us to, to come together. Well, I know that the, it's the classmates. If you want to tell that story quickly about the genesis of this movie came, came to be. 50th reunion. Roger and his class gathered together in Amherst. Um, the class came together and essentially recognized that the world that they had lived through since their graduation had changed and hadn't necessarily changed for the better. And so they, they charged themselves. It says, our business of leaving something for the next generation is not over. What can we do? That's how I understand right, it. Right, and that certainly was the theme of this reunion. It has been since. In fact, that event was obviously inspired the film itself. Uh, many of us were there on that day. I'd be happy to t describe it as a witness. Uh, <laughs> I remember that vividly. Well, so, let me just jump in on with sure. you, Roger, because all the people that I talked to, yeah. including many people who were not in the film, no one could actually remember it very vividly. So, yeah, I'm delighted to, to meet you because some people couldn't even remember if they were there or not. They knew it happened, yeah. but they couldn't remember if they had actually been a witness. Yeah. Some of them could remember that they had skipped class or had skipped right. whatever they were supposed to be well, doing. But Well, interestingly, it's largely retrospective that you know many who were not there wish they had been because, sadly, of course, four weeks to the day was the assassination. Uh, in fact, two of my roommates decided they were just going to leave for the weekend. They didn't want to be sort of bothered by, you know, the fuss, so to speak. Uh, however, I, I stayed because I wouldn't have missed that for anything. The president spent a whole day, I mean, you know, the memory, and this is in pictures on interviews, websites, of the helicopters landing, you know, the, the, the classic helicopter landings, not much, looking much different from today's uh, Marine One, in fact, on the athletic fields being escorted by officials of the college. The president immediately gave a, you know, a rather long speech. He was introduced by people who he, he knew in, in the administration, uh, Amherst having, you know, been the source of a lot of 
leaders at the time in government. And he was introduced by Archibald McLeish, who was the librarian of Congress, who gave a, a stirring speech, which is also well published, actually. And Kennedy's speech was extremely inspirational. I mean, particularly many of us think in the light of what's happened today in government. It was essentially the, his view and the view of many at the time of the strength of poetry and the arts in government and politics and the power of the arts and, and poetry. It's sort of as a counterweight to the power of, of the United States in the Cold War, you know, and of course this was a very confrontational period in our history. Well, not only yeah. the, the content that he was expressing, but he understood leadership came from the words you chose to use. Exactly. Uh, that's very different than <laughs> what we're experiencing Absolutely. today. People pay, would pay attention to the content if he had figured out both the syntax as well as the cadence in terms of how to deliver it. He was a great student of oratory. And he understood the role of colleges, particularly I have to say of elite colleges, and in producing people of that nature. In the second part of his appearance there, where he actually was at the groundbreaking of the Robert Frost Library, you know, the theme of his being there, he actually uh, interacted with, with students and uh, he asked several of the guys, it was all guys, what their career intentions were. And when he heard answers like medicine, law, he said, well, have any of you thought about the Peace Corps? You know, which of course was the brainchild of him and others in his family. And that set the tone going forward for the theme, as you know. Uh, There's one person in the film, JFK, The Last Speech, who yes. acknowledges that he was on the road to a business, right. and he actually had an offer and was all set to do it. Right. And within two weeks, he had changed just because of right. Kennedy's charge to him. It's incredible how that seminal event, you know, really, um, you know, inspired, obviously not just our class, though we were lucky enough to have been there you know, at that point and to have heard these words directly. Well, it was a seminal event that inspired your class, and your class almost singularly experienced it for a long time because of the assassination. That speech receded in history, and we didn't pay attention to it for such a long time. It was replaced by the mourning and the grief that we were going through as a nation, and it was only the previous speeches that had shown the test of time, going to the moon, Ask Not, the, the inaugural speech, a few others that were ones that would become heralded throughout the decades, which was one of the reasons why we ended up doing this film, was we felt that this speech, which really was on the same par with the other ones that we know, had just fallen into obscurity and overshadowed because of the That's interesting. sensational Not just nature. prospective, but it just wiped away right before it and probably months back. I do want to mention one thing about the arts and Robert Frost, though, because one thing in our podcast that we talk about is how music brings us together in culture. What was the sense that he resonated with people about the fact that poetry, just like any art form, can bring people together? Well, I think that poetry is a little bit unlike other art forms. I think Robert Frost distinguished himself as being superficially accessible to all, meaning that we could all kind of read a Robert Frost poem and think we were getting it. But it operates on so many different levels that it didn't have to be popular, you know, that it was going to resonate with a lot of other people. 
poetry, like other art forms, has very different genres to it, has very different substrates to it, you know, they're just the way music does. What is interesting about Robert Frost, and this is what I do think Kennedy understood, was that Robert Frost was a singular in his capacity to use that particular art form to bring people together, to share something who didn't necessarily have a lot to share with one another. Uh, and there are times in, when music... Poem. Yeah, they share the poem. And then, I mean, every single child learns something about the road not taken and then thinks about it themselves or what walls get built. You know, these, We all have different roads not taken. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But I think that you know, the Kennedy was reacting to a part of art that is kind of more universal in a sense. There are aspects of music that are really very universal, and then there are aspects of music which actually, you know, you like something that I couldn't possibly listen to, and vice versa. It might be that way. It's one thing to read, and that's what, that we all do that in our own way and how we've taught ourselves and learned. But it is another thing to actually hear. And I think this is what's so important about um, the mediums that we're talking about in a general sense. You get an emotional translation of an idea that is uniquely Kennedy when you hear him give his speech. And when you put it in the context of what you bring to that table yourself, knowing that, oh, this was over 50 years ago now, and then you put it in the context of the era that we live in right now where I can't imagine there's going to be any speech that we're going to be listening to ever again yeah. of the current president. It's context, but it's also inflection. I hate to say it, not just to always bring it back to the music, but it's musical. There's yeah, a yeah, certain definitely. accent that he has. There's a presence. There's a uh, timbre of his voice, Jeez. you know? Yeah, and as, as Bester obviously is more than implying in the context many of us view to be experiencing right now to yearn for and perhaps to see the reemergence of a different kind of power that this country was built upon, uh, which sadly for many people has been pushed aside in recent years. Uh, it has a special meaning, I think. And I think that somehow if a version of this that is the spoken word is promoted in some way, uh, I, I think it, it's a hidden treasure that this country has uh, for a variety of reasons. I think JFK's capacity, though, to recognize the significance of the arts and the role that they play, particularly in the way in which he expressed himself, did not come alone. It came from women. His mom, his wife, they were both very influential in broadening the way view that he had of the world right. and understanding it. You know, it's interesting that, you know, we talked about how this speech kind of disappeared. And I'm wondering if you could talk about when you were, when you were uh, asked to start looking into this and to put this documentary together, did you know about the speech beforehand? Did you, had you heard about it? No, not really. I was uh, uninformed about it. And I was initially just, uh, you know, it was a call that came from a member of the class and was telling me about the context of trying to measure the change in the world. Right. We hadn't necessarily said that this was going to be a film about JFK, but that became apparent in terms of research huh. and ways in which to tell the story. On behalf of the class of Amherst College 1964, I want to thank you. I mean, it sort of puts everything in perspective and full circle, so to speak, from the experiences that many of us had and will be perpetuated, I'm sure, by this. Well, it was a pleasure. Yeah. It was, was mine, Roger. I mean, I met so many fine people, including yourself, who have all uh, continued to kind of um, the process of learning 
as being a lifelong process. Making films is about extending that process. I mean, the actual finished film, I'm always ready to go on to the next one rather than talk about the last one because I like the learning process that goes on, and I think that's what this is all about. And it's an indelible legacy. Thank you so much. Ron, thank you. Pleasure. We would like to thank Bester Cram for taking the time out of his busy, busy day to talk with us. We would also like to thank Ron's dad for joining us. That was a very special treat. To check out Bester's next film and to see all his previous films, go to nlprod.com. You'll get more information there. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. From all of us at Above the Basement, thanks for listening, tell your friends, and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. Music